0: Warning, Incoming Game. Warning, Incoming Game. Welcome to Incoming Game podcast where we watch
1: and rewatch
0: the 90s animated series reboot
1: i'm jessica and i've been a fan for a long time
0: i'm ben and i'm watching this for the first time each week we'll take an episode dissect it inject some trivia and try to find our frostiest moments
1: this week foes become allies but at what cost it's season two episode 10 the web world wars so ben how are you doing this week
0: i'm doing much better my tummy's not hurting anymore
1: (laughs) that's good a week-long tummy hurt would be especially bad
0: yeah uh how about you what's going on
1: well my new phone came in the mail today can't use it yet but it's here
0: yay <laughs>
1: now i could take all sorts of fancy pictures but i think we've got some more important stuff to talk about because oh my god the stuff that happened
0: oh we've got to get into this
1: let's go two finale first aired in february 1st 1996 it was written by mark Laren young the story by mark Laren young brendan mccarthy phil mitchell ian pearson and susan turner and we open up with a portal to the web so large that you could fit several mainframes stack up inside it
0: still wriggling and tentacling up in the sky all kaleidoscopic and psychedelic
1: the sky, by the way, is a pitch black. There's no nice cloudy blue up there anymore. And we get to see a dozen or so spotlights shining up from the city.
0: So Bob is on his hoverboard and is apparently heading over towards Megabyte's lair. And there's a whole bunch of binomes doing some kind of slow march in the street. Is this a parade of some kind? <laughs> a sad parade. Yeah, they're like walking behind a car, which is behind the penguin, which is behind even more binomes. And they don't seem to be in a hurry to get anywhere. <laughs>
1: I think they're implying this is part of the evacuation process, but since we don't actually see where we're going, it's all implication. We do get to see that there's guns posted on the battlements of the principal office, one of which is manned by Enzo.
0: And there's a bunch of vehicles sitting underneath the portal... A little squid creature flies by, and then there's a lot of people making faces at each other. This whole opening is like completely devoid of dialogue. It's just all dramatic music and things flying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to set the scene here, which you know they did a real good job doing that in the previous episode. I think they're doing a good job here. We're getting that kind of dramatic tension. That things aren't the way they have been. It's not a fun time in mainframe.
0: No, speaking of that, there's, there's a bunch of binomes in some sort of war room and Megabyte's setting up this machine, this like, device of some kind. And then suddenly there's an alarm sounding, scramble, scramble, scramble.
1: <laughs> we get to see all the little CPUs jumping into their cars. I really love this shot here, as we see them in the hangar, it looks like a little circuit board. The little, like, pieces of the circuit board are flying off.
0: <laughs>
1: One of the officers there checks in with Bob and fills a middle of the sitch. Bob orders the team to refrain from firing on anything until the attack force shows
0: up. And apparently he's got Megabyte on call waiting. <laughs> he, uh, he acts like he's just hired him as a contractor, he's like, I need that hardware! And Megabyte's like, Oh man, you better get down here, shit's done fucked up. <laughs>
1: And that shit that don't fucked up is actually Fong throwing a wrench in things.
0: Yeah, he finds out so Fong is refusing to cooperate with Megabyte and he's he's treating it like a race thing. I cannot bring myself to work with that, that virus. He's like he practically calls him a slur. <laughs> it's pretty rich coming from a stereotype himself though.
1: <laughs> I think one could make that comparison. Uh but Megabyte is evil. <laughs> He is legitimately evil. Bob's not having this, though. You guys are working together. There's no question about it. It's all there is to it.
0: So the sitch is Megabyte has this hardware ready to go, but needs the software to run it. But Fong doesn't trust him. So after some prodding, Fong relents and Bob goes, so, uh, how's your sister? (laughs) Wink, wink, (laughs) wink, 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 wink.
1: Well, I enjoy that he's like, has the power source? (laughs) Not some inanimate third object. And Megabyte, you mean... She?
0: (laughs) She has a name.
1: She's doing fine.
0: (laughs) No, she's the same as always.
1: Thanks for asking, Bob. Uh, After Bob leaves, though, we get to see an ominous disembodied mask float down from the sky. As Megabyte says, you know the plan.
0: Bob's such a sucker. He's like a mom telling his kids, alright, I'm gonna leave you two in charge, so don't infect anything while I'm gone, and no parties.
1: I enjoy Hex playing coy here. Oh, plan. there just seems to be so many of them. Which one could you possibly be talking about?
0: She also comments on the sexual tension between him and Bob. She's like, aw, you two are so cute together. And he's like, oh my god, stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god. She is quickly distracted, though, by the intrigue of her new toy. Shiny!
0: There's a weird jump cut as it goes from like a shot of Hex's face to another shot of Hex's face with a different expression, but not from a different enough angle where to make it seem natural.
1: Yeah, they did that a couple of times where they don't do the little hand in front of the face. They're kind of trying some new stuff with that. We do get over to Mouse, who is sharpening her sword. I don't trust them anymore, and I trust those guardians.
0: And in probably the weirdest moment of the show so far, we discover she's talking to Tat through what looked like a bathroom stall door. Like, wait, is Tat just on the toilet here?
1: No, you see her feet underneath standing up.
0: I mean, I know I made a lot of poopy talk last week, but come on. (laughs)
1: I got the impression of her changing almost immediately. It could be a gender thing. I'm used to talking people through changing room doors.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so it is just a changing room. Dot's been putting on her new outfit and explaining how they all have to work together.
1: Mouse isn't sure about it, but Dot assures her that she'll have her back. After all, she's got the biggest BFG in the entire world.
0: And not to harp on this, but this is definitely pointing right from her crotch. And like, she's like, compensating for something there?
1: Oh, it is. And I kind of want to go on a little, like, tangent. I don't know if I should. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they use the word butch here. So, yes. What do you think? Does it make me look too butch? Which, considering that this is the 90s, like, nowadays, if a character came out with a giant phallic like, object strapped to them and asking if they look too butch, this would be an obvious nod to queer culture.
0: Talk about ship tees, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh in nineteen ninety six, it's hard to tell if it's, you know, intentional or not, because it had a totally different meaning. I mean, this is one year before Ellen came out on TV. Right. It feels intentional, but I could be looking at it at the lens of twenty
0: eighteen. Well, she also pumps it, like in a very sexual way. She
1: really does. What do you think this is for? (laughs)
0: Like, I don't know how this got past the censors, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll get into that.
0: <laughs> but meanwhile, Andrea and Enzo are admiring the portal. So beautiful. So deadly.
1: <laughs> Enzo points out that he's never seen Bob so desperate as a team up with Megabreath and Hexadismal. So things must be bad.
0: Yeah, she's like, in my world, I just throw a turtle shell at them.
1: <laughs> hey, that's what she does. <laughs>
0: So Enzo finally starts to fess up about the fact that he's not actually a guardian, but before he can even get the words out, Bob interrupts, and he's in full military officer mode. Cadet Matrix? Blog? At ease, lieutenant! Where is your uniform? <laughs> he, like, changed his voice and everything.
1: <laughs> he really does, and it's kind of adorable.
0: And he straight up drafts Enzo, makes him a level one guardian.
1: And not only that, but promises to ship him up to boarding school.
0: This is like straight up Wesley Crusher and Picard, like when uh, Picard made Wesley a uh, acting ensign.
1: Ah, there you go. I would not be surprised if that was an intentional reference.
0: Yeah, and I like when uh, Bob asks Enzo if he's up for accepting this commission. Enzo looks over at Andrea as if, like, asking for her permission first. (laughs) He's like, can I? And she nods like, go ahead. (laughs) And so he reboots into Bob drag.
1: He's a level one guardian. He's got the outfit now. And I'm fairly certain this comes back later. He gets that little bit of guardian code in his icons. It's not just, you know, in name only. He really is a guardian for all intents and purposes. And Bob here charges Enzo with the defense of mainframe should anything happen to him and charges Andrea with defense of Enzo.
0: I feel like maybe Dot would have been a better option or even Mouse.
1: I feel like that's what he was really planning was you know, obviously Dot would be in charge. I don't think Bob at all intended things to go the way they did.
0: So here's where I'm gonna admit something. I did not realize that there was a difference between the core and the tour. So the Tor is actually Megabyte's lair? Yes. Okay. That thought, like, somebody misspoke at one point and called it the wrong thing. No.
1: Tor is Megabyte's lair. The core is in the principal office.
0: So down at the Tor, <laughs> Mouse is uh, hacking into the web, and Megabyte is standing over her shoulder like, You done yet?
1: Yeah. Personal bubble, Megabyte. Personal bubble. <laughs> also, his um hardware? I don't know if you noticed. To describe the visual of the hardware is a long shaft with two circular platforms at the base and that has to be intentional right (laughs) they could have just made one platform but they went with two on either
0: side we're just trolling at this point it really is (laughs) so uh, she explains that I'm not just getting the codes to shut the portal I'm hacking into the web and
1: erasing mainframe's location no one will be able to find it from the web ever again
0: (laughs) clever girl
1: So we get another little scouting party coming through the portal and sniffing at the CPUs.
0: Yeah, and uh, so Binky reminds us that they're not supposed to open fire yet, but one of the pilots gets spooked and shoots a squid.
1: And the scouting party immediately starts running back to the portal. Bob orders that the whole party be destroyed before they can summon the attack drones, and a firefight ensues.
0: Yeah, this is like a minutes-long police chase, essentially, except the police cars are in the sky, and they're chasing squids and firing on them, till two of the squids join together in a piggyback function and escape inside, releasing the hounds.
1: Oh, here we go time for war
0: and now it's another police chase except this time the police are being chased
1: and so and andrea start firing from the battlements to back up the cpus as they're facing their new teethier foe and uh we're seeing here that the cpus are really not very tactical
0: now cars are exploding binomes are parachuting it's bedlam
1: yeah we get one that uh starts to go down and crashes right into dot's diner leveling the entire thing hopefully Cecil wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> One of the ones that struck me was we get to see the web creatures leading the CPUs around the principal office in a circle and then moving upwards at the same time so that the CPUs crash into each other. And I was just shocked at that moment that that was something that they gave to the kind of faceless tentacle creatures to do and not the CPUs. I mean, they really showed that, you know, the CPUs are up against a wall here, they're not ready for this.
0: And so the creatures start going after the hard and uh, after Dot fires off a few rounds from her BFG, Megabyte decides it's time to enact Plan E. E for evil.
1: (laughs) Mouse is hoping that the witch is ready, which Hex adores the compliment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bob asks uh, what Megabyte's waiting for, and he's just like, oh, just wanted to hear your voice again, (laughs) and uh, informs the commander to put everything in the air in support of the CPUs.
1: The commander is definitely very confused about that. In support. Poor of, uh, but we normally, uh, I mean, I guess if you're sure.
0: <laughs> he didn't get the memo that they were working together, I guess. And off they go, and the web creatures are getting, like, demolished in seconds. Like, what the, what the hell, Zerg? You couldn't have done this from the start?
1: <laughs> he had a weaken the CPUs first. Bob should have known at that point that he was definitely up to something.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's like, even he has, he's like, well, I thought you had it pretty well handled.
1: <laughs> Megabyte is... The smartest he's ever been in this show, in this moment. He had every contingency in place. The hardware is fully charged, and they're ready to take out the portal, because Mouse is in. So let's shut this thing down. Except...
0: Not just yet, Guardian. Megabyte pulls out his guitar. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, he slashes apart Dot's gun, and then snatches Glitch right off of Bob and crushes it.
1: Yeah, covering his mouth before he can activate it, and then poor Glitch is useless, and he tosses Bob into a pod activated by Air Doctor.
0: Yeah, so Air Doctor hits the button, it raises this little like elevator trap, and the Megabyte tosses Bob right inside. And did nobody go over the blueprints for this machine? Did They just trusted Megabyte to not betray them.
1: I guess they trusted Megabyte to be bad at it. He's always been bad at it before. <laughs> a mouse tries to stop this whole thing, but uh, Hex grabs her from behind and tosses her away
0: megabyte grins and hits the launch button sending bob's capsule into the web then closing the portal
1: this grin that he has on it's (laughs)
0: like
1: a cat about to knock something off a table while looking at you just pure evil
0: (laughs) Dot mournfully picks glitch up off the ground and as hexadecimal reaches for mouse maces her in the face
1: (laughs) yeah her little like power ring stops her (laughs)
0: And so she says, uh, come on, and they jump into the ship and fly away. And did you notice that the ship is just labeled ship?
1: No, it has a name, doesn't it?
0: It has ship written on the side of it. Oh,
1: I gotta go look at that. <laughs> I thought it had a name. I thought Bess named it. <laughs> <laughs> so Hex has put out that the ladies are escaping, but Megabyte knows that they hold all the power now and orders his troops to start destroying the remaining CPUs.
0: And then Hex recharges the device and points it towards the principal core. And at this point, I'm starting to get a little worried because there's only like a minute or two left in the episode and I don't feel like they're going to be able to properly resolve it.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Everything seems fine to me.
0: (laughs) I mean, this has been a four-episode build-up to this finale here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, speaking of the principal office, everyone inside is celebrating. As far as they know, the portal is gone.
0: The threat is over. However, one of the pilots comes on the view screen to let them know that they're being attacked!
1: Fong starts calling for Bob, but Dot shows up to say that Bob is gone.
0: The mood is grim. She leans down and hands Glitch to Enzo and says, Here, you throw this out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we get a moment here of Enzo's dramatic "No!" And
0: then the uh, villains appear and start gloating.
1: <laughs> Their little poses on the screen look like they're about to drop the hottest album of the year. <laughs>
0: Megabyte tells Fong to drop the defenses and welcome to MegaFrame!
1: Fong is not having it. They're going to fight to the end. But Mega points out that they are defenseless and guardianless.
0: Actually, Andrea reminds Enzo that he now has a guardian key tool. And uh, Dot's like, well, no, actually, Megabyte crushed that earlier, remember? Sorry.
1: Enzo puts on his little key tool and suddenly the background drops out. And it looks very much like the opening of the episode, where instead of Bob, we have Enzo. Yes. Proudly claiming that he's here to mend and defend. Two viruses take over my home? I don't think so!
0: He can't come up with his own catchphrase, so he copies Bob's.
1: It's in his programming now.
0: And uh, with that... Wait, wait, that's it? (laughs) Are you kidding
1: me right now? And program question mark
0: <laughs> this is how we end the season
1: that's it that's the end
0: oh man <laughs>
1: what'd you think ben
0: i don't know like i mean we've been i knew that there was going to be this big climactic battle but i didn't think they were going to end it on the cliffhanger like this you know i've been thinking okay this is like a four episode arc they've been building this threat and then when they get a chance to resolve it they like well no see you next season instead <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, in one sense they do resolve the threat. The threat has been the web creature since the beginning of this four episode arc. Web creature is no longer a problem. That's true. <laughs> However
0: <laughs> What's funny is last season we got a nice little feel-good ending with like, you know, Dot looking at a reflection and everything. And this time they threw that fully into reverse. Like nobody is feeling good right now. Yes,
1: which if you recall, Dot got to see a possible future in which uh, Megabyte has turned mainframe into megaframe. Oh yeah. So is that what's in store for mainframe now? He already seems to have uh, started in on that changing the name and all.
0: Yeah, he's had that on the back burner. You
1: know. What did you think of the episode as a whole beyond the surprising cliffhanger?
0: Yeah, no. As a whole, it was good. Like there, there it's funny. Like I felt like there wasn't a whole lot to grab onto, like to goof on, because it was mostly just vehicles flying around with dramatic music. You know, like. It, it wasn't bad at all like it was entertaining but uh I, I do kind of worry about the future of the podcast if it's going to be all drama and no cheese you know
1: <laughs> don't worry the cheese doesn't leave
0: it's like that's most of the fun for me is finding things to like kind of lovingly rip on
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for season three like this this whole four episode arc uh and this episode in particular like it brought back so many memories and it, I'm just, it's gonna be so much fun but as for this episode it was it was really fun to watch again I really enjoyed Mouse and Dot, their friendship kind of, like, going a little bit further, like, that they're relying on each other. Mouse is opening up to Dot, and Dot is actively trying to back Mouse up. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed seeing a little bit more serious side to Bob, like, his little, like, guardian training kicking in, because he's normally such a goofball. Yeah. Bob isn't, like, a serious guy at all. So it was interesting seeing him being, like, oh, no, this this is real stuff that's going down.
0: You know, we never got anything, any return from, uh, Turbo and, like, the other Guardians.
1: Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because the last the Guardians heard, they tried to blow up the city, so they might not even realize that Mainframe is still around.
0: Oh, man. Is Mike the TV still hanging out somewhere? What's, what's he doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> still recovering from that web creature bite, probably.
0: Yeah, he's, like, recuperating. <laughs> if he's sitting in front of the TV, you know, who's who's he watching? <laughs>
1: He sits in front of the mirror.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alphanumeric.
0: So let's get into bits and bytes. What do we have for the trivia this week?
1: Uh, so we have a little bit. Um, we get to see a number of mainframe citizens walking through the city towards what we assume is their evacuation points.
0: Uh, i definitely saw the penguin this time yeah
1: (laughs) they made a a point to sort of separate him out from the rest of the team we also see an indiana jones and an elvis among the crew we get to see them hanging out at one point at piccadilly circuits which is obviously a pun on piccadilly circus in england Mm -hmm. Uh, we get to see and hear the production code the code on Dot's giant gun is ULB 9510. 9510 is a production code. Uh, and later in the episode, Bob also shouts that number out as a a plan or a maneuver. We do get Megabyte's little clever girl remark, which is more than likely a, a Jurassic Park reference. Though, unfortunately, Megabyte does not go the way of the safari hat guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we get a, a bit and bite that's going to sort of take us into behind the scenes story here. Is we get the names of Megabyte's tanks. They have not been named until this episode. And here we get to hear uh, Binky uh, yell out the ABCs. They've turned on us, the treacherous dogs. (laughs) So this is a little poke at the fact that ABC had just been brought out by Disney and canceled their American run. Oh, okay. You were saying at this point that they're surprised they got stuff past Standards of Practice. (laughs) It's mostly because Standards of Practice wasn't really paying attention to them anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, They're like, all right, that's it. This is the end. You know, we're going to get as much stuff in there as we can. I don't know if they knew at that point that they had a season three going on in Canada, but they knew it was not happening for sure in America. I think at this point they thought this might be the end. (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? Like, if the, that's how the series just ended?
1: Which that puts that little, like, end program question mark at the end of the episode. It probably really was a question mark.
0: Jeez. <laughs> but then, yeah, so like you were saying, so ABC didn't pick it up, but YTV did in Canada. So as far as Americans were concerned, that was the end.
1: Yeah, Americans did not see a new episode of Reboot then for another, like, four years.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, when it did show up, it was on Cartoon Network. So uh, if you were a fan and you were following it on ABC, like I can't imagine watching this episode and then being like, "That's it. That's, that's <laughs> it. You're just gonna no more."
0: <laughs> Such a downer ending, too. It really is. Like it's a little hopeful because you know Enzo's got something, but knowing Enzo, you know he's gonna die right away. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. So once again, no game this week, but we uh, wanted to talk to our listeners about what their feelings were when they were watching this for the first time. Like, what were they thinking? You know, how were they? What were their emotions?
1: Yeah, we got quite a few uh, people writing in. Vindolf Dwarf, uh, at Vindolf on Twitter, said that he immediately wrote a letter to YTV. (laughs) (laughs) So sounds like Vindolf was pretty lucky and lived in Canada. (laughs) so uh white tv at the time said they couldn't buy more episodes because mainframe wasn't making them so i sent a letter to mainframe who said they can't make more because the network didn't order any <laughs> whoever finally sorted that out is a national treasure good on you vindal for writing letters The the age-old letter writing campaign which was definitely the only way to save a show back in the 90s
0: and he was the the sole reason that they got a season three <laughs> So uh, Nolan Hayes said that this was one of his all-time favorite episodes of the series, even if it crushed him. He said Bob was his hero, and then he was gone. And his mom canceled his cable, so it wasn't until his early to mid-teens that he ever found out what happened. (laughs) (laughs) But the tension, the feel of upheaval was palpable. The thrill of the dogfights. The highs of Enzo getting what he really wanted, to be like Bob. Then the low of that ending. And then the way the ep built on all that came before, with Megabyte having been threatened by Mainframe's forces using the opportunity to wipe them out, him making good on his threat that Bob wouldn't interfere in his plans anymore, Glitch having been showcased and sidelined all season, only to be crushed and Bob to be deprived of it. Man.
1: This resonated. (laughs) He points out something really good here, which is you can't just, like, give characters what they want. You know, so they give Enzo what he wants. All he ever wanted was to be this guardian, to be this cool guy. You know, he lied to Andrea about it. He's been looking up to Bob for two seasons, and he finally gets what he wants. And it's in the worst scenario he could ever describe. It's because he lost Bob and that viruses are taking over like this is the worst situation he could possibly have gotten his dream to come true in <laughs> kim montgomery on facebook was shocked that they got rid of the hero and a cliffhanger at that
0: daniel barrett says uh that uh he was pretty sure that this was when he knew he was hooked on the show
1: and then uh at provincial risk on twitter says that heart palpitations racing thoughts on what could happen and worry that this was going to be canceled so yeah definitely a lot of emotions uh, and understandably so. This is this is intense for a kid's show.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a, a big change from what came before.
1: When you look back to season one, you could pick almost any episode from season one and compare it to this episode, and I think you'd have people going, this is the same show.
0: Well, I was thinking that too. Like, it is almost a completely different show in tone, but they take everything that happened in season one and build on it to, like, come to this point. So it's not, like, coming from nowhere.
1: They definitely did. I think they earned this moment.
0: Yeah, at this point, it does feel earned.
1: I'm curious to hear what your predictions are for next season.
0: Predictions.
1: Let's start with, what do you know? And then we'll go into what do you think is going to happen.
0: So as far as what I know, I mean, I know that at some point Bob gets rescued or comes back because he's definitely on the cover art for the box. And <sighs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> box
1: art spoilers you!
0: Yeah, he uh, he looks a bit different though, so uh, there is that. So and I know it's not just like clip show, you know, flashbacks. Oh, <laughs> and I know that Enzo grows up and gets an eye patch at some point, but that's about the extent of it. Like, I don't know specific plot details other than other than that, really.
1: All right. So what do you think is going to happen?
0: I think so. I, my thought is so Enzo is going to go into the web to try and find Bob and rescue him. So he, he and Andrea together are probably going to get trapped and lost for a while, I guess is how, the best way to put it <laughs> Or or become unstuck in time. I don't know. <laughs> either that or it's a time jump you know where we're just gonna like revisit the characters 10 years from now <laughs> so
1: do you think that megabyte is gonna succeed in his taking over of mainframe he seems to be holding all the cars at the moment
0: he has to for now like i think in the short term yes but i think that's where the plot comes from so that's like they're probably at their lowest point you know it's the empire strikes back moment you know <laughs> <They> gotta... <laughs> that's a
1: good that's a good analogy <laughs> so yeah I'm i'm super excited for next season God, there's so many good episodes and so many fun games. We haven't had a game in quite a few episodes now.
0: Well, that's what I was wondering is if we were like just done with games at this point, like if they've evolved past it and it's all just, you know, the war of the web, or if it was still going to be kind of going back to some of the sillier games or some of the like, you know, lighter moments.
1: Nope, we definitely get more games. Uh, They continue to be a huge part of the show. And we're going to see some really interesting ones. Like I'm looking forward to some of the actual game episodes that we're going to get. They, I think they use them a lot better in these these later episodes. Okay. So we get to see the game reflecting on the kind of emotional journey that everyone's going on. Which, you know, they've always tried to do. But I think they really solidify it in the, in the next season. I think next season we're going to be seeing a little bit better like modeling and animation as well.
0: I'll look forward to that because the, there was actually some interesting animation like in terms of like megabytes like facial expressions and stuff like that in this episode but then you know it still got kind of got that clunky look to some of the other aspects so
1: yeah and I think um, a lot of their acting has improved which is I think big props to the animators uh, the little acting that they're doing with everyone so I'm, I'm hoping we get to I'm pretty sure we get to keep continuing to see that as we go on assuming that they didn't move everyone over to Beast Wars <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is wrong. This is all wrong. So in the course of today's finale episode, did you find yourself a frosty moment?
1: So the whole thing with Dot and Mouse was definitely up there. Both their conversation with each other and then Dot coming out of the changing room with the BFG. <laughs> 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 like that whole thing was just fantastic. But I think my frosty moment has to go to the face that Megabyte was making as he goes to push that button. I mean, it was so evil and he made sure to be looking Bob right in the eye as he did it. Like it was just, you, you don't, he like pushed Air Doctor out of the way so he can have this moment and savor it and you could just like feel it on his face. It was good. <laughs> what about you, Ben?
0: For me, it had to be that scene with the changing room, like the whole sequence from that reveal to like her feet there underneath the door. My initial thought was like, wait, is that a bathroom stall? (laughs) (laughs) It it completely made me laugh out loud at that point. And then, yeah, when she walks out with the big gun and she's like pumping it and it's so phallic looking and like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) that that whole scene to me was just the big old frosty moment for me.
1: It was definitely a good scene. I could see how it definitely went out. All right, Ben, do you have any recommendations for
0: us today? I do, actually. I've got two quick ones, and they're both very on-brand for me. (laughs) Uh, The first one is, I just got in the mail, it's the Adventure Zone graphic novel, Here There Be Gerblins. Ooh, yay! Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you don't know, the Adventure Zone is a uh, D&D podcast by the McElroy Brothers, and they did a graphic novelization of it written by their dad, Clint. Uh, It's very funny, and I'm looking forward to getting my eyes on it.
1: (laughs) We should be grabbing our copy this weekend, actually. I'm really excited. I got to meet Carrie Peach, the artist, at uh, SPX a couple years ago.
0: Oh, great. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, she's a cool lady. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the uh, second recommendation is the game Sonic Mania came out last summer, and I've been enjoying that, but they just released an expansion called Sonic Mania Plus, where you can play as Ray and Mighty, these like two kind of little-known characters from back in the day. So they've, they've like rearranged some of the uh, power-ups and added some bonus levels, and it's a lot of fun. I've just been getting to be playing some more Sonic and uh, reading the Adventure Zone, so it's been a pretty good week. <laughs> it's
1: funny, right before I started the podcast, my husband was... Um... Uh, snooping on your steam was like ben's playing sonic now <laughs>
0: i'm never not
1: <laughs> so hank green the hank green uh asked for a list of people's favorite podcasters who aren't white guys sorry ben <laughs> uh and at benjamin lewis included me because it's the fact that reboot podcasts exist which you know made my heart nice and fluttery there so thank you ben other ben i really appreciate it
0: (laughs) so yeah that'll i guess do it for us for season two so uh what are we looking forward to uh next time
1: all right so next time we'll be on season three episode one to mend and defend i think we take off pretty much right from where we start here we better (laughs) (laughs) we have two viruses about to take over our mainframe we have a level one guardian with a broken key tool and everyone is at their lowest and uh we get a really fun game right in the first episode oh nice with lots of fun references uh i think you might like dot's reboot <laughs>
0: we'll see a little teaser
1: the whole thing is great
0: so no new uh, patreon backers this week but uh if you do want to get in on the patreon game we're at patreon.com slash incoming game and as a bonus for our donors we will be releasing another bonus interview with gavin blair we're gonna set up that and record that still but that's on the way so with that you can always find us in the usual places at incoming game pod on twitter and incoming game cast on facebook and incoming make sure to uh, rate and review us on itunes or your podcast player of choice that really helps us get visible and attract new fans. Share our posts, you know, retweet us, do whatever, all the interactions you can. In the meantime, if you want to find me, I'm at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S.
1: And I am at Stravino Lady, S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady.
0: The music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin MacLeod. I'm sorry, Ben. The time has
1: come to betray you. I found another podcaster to watch Reboot with. (gasps) Oh no! (laughs) Just kidding, I haven't. On to season three. Stay frosty, folks.
0: Game over. User wins.